Hello, hello. Good to see y'all uh, tonight. Uh, this is your first time on Engage. Hey, welcome. So glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Jesse. I'm the college pastor, so I have this amazing privilege to hang out uh, with you guys every single week. And so we're glad that you're here tonight as we continue in this series that we're calling Relationship University. So the whole premise of this series is to talk about the different relationships you have in your college context. See, right now in college, context is a little bit unclear. Things are different than they were in high school. And so what we've been talking about is how do we deal with these different relationships that we experience? Relationship with our parents, with friends. And tonight, we're going to talk about dating relationships. But let me tell you why tonight is exciting. It's exciting because you guys get to choose what we talk about. Look at that. Emphasis on the light change, right? That was like, he wants to be a millionaire moment right there. Um, <laughs> And so what we're going to do is you can send your questions to 33222. So any question that you have about dating, right? And this is also, if you're signed up for Engage You, this is the same, the same number for that. So you can just re respond to that thread if it's on your phone. But it's 33222, and you can send any question that you have about dating. Anything you got. Nothing's off limits. And we have this awesome panel of people who I'll introduce in a second who are going to help answer that for you. Um, but as you're doing that, let me just make one quick announcement before we get started. So I am really happy to be, really, not for the first time, because we introduced it on Instagram, but for the first time on a Monday night, telling you about a new, or excuse me, new internship program that we are launching in the fall. Right? We've never done this before, but this ministry, by God's grace, is growing, and we are humbled by that, and we're excited about that. So if you are interested in being a part of an internship program in the fall, we want you to apply. And so you can do that by going to our Instagram page. And the link in our bio, you can click on that and it will come, a pop up a couple of questions that you can answer. Fill that out. And then once they close, after the first Monday night in March, we're gonna start doing interviews. And so, and really the internship program is about three or five hours out of your week where you're just serving this ministry. And so if you go to our Instagram page, under the highlights, we have the different descriptions of what each position is. And so pick your top three, Tell us a little bit about who you are and apply for that. So please make a note of that. You can do that later tonight. Um, we'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in our ministry. So again, internship program, brand new, and we want you to be a part of it. So with that being said, let me introduce our awesome panel that we have tonight to help you guys learn a little bit more about dating. Because the purpose of tonight really is to help us understand in your context in college how to have a dating relationship that honors God. I mean, it's very simple. That's what we want to help you guys do by, with spiritual wisdom, with biblical principles. We want to help you guys date in a way that honors and glorifies God. And so these guys are going to help you do it. So we'll start over um, on the far side. We have Jared Underwood and Ivy Garrett. Give it up. So Jared and Ivy are our engaged couple on the panel. And so um, they will be getting married in June. Uh, and somebody um, really cool is going to be officiating that wedding, so um, excited about that. And so, yeah, so they're going to kind of just talk a little bit about their relationship, answer questions based upon their perspective. They've been uh, together for, I guess, about a year and a half now, and so they'll be able to give some insights um, on what God is doing in their life. Uh, next, we have Jacob Poland. Give it up for Jacob. So Jacob... Jacob is a student here at JSU, but Jacob's also a college pastor. And he is a college pastor at Compassion City Church up in Albertville. Who's rolling deep tonight, by the way. 
And so Jacob is actually currently doing a relationship series there called Crossroads. And so Jacob and I have had multiple conversations about relationships, and this guy knows what he's talking about. So we're really excited to have Jacob on the panel with us. And then uh, last, we have Jonathan and Sierra Gamble. Give it up for Jonathan and Sierra Gamble. And so they represent our married couple on here. So they got married, I guess, about a year and a half ago, roughly now. Yeah, um, July will be two years. And so they have a little bit of experience with dating, obviously, um, and a little bit of experience with marriage as well. So they kind of come from that angle and from that perspective. Um, So as you see, we have different people on the panel who are on different stages of their life, just like you guys are. You can kind of help you navigate these waters in your dating relationship. So I'll be emceeing this. I will be the one who'll be um, looking at the questions and asking it. Uh, based upon the stories I tell, you better believe I got a few opinions about dating too. And so I'm going to definitely be sharing that with you guys. Um, so I'm excited about um, what tonight has in store. So again, questions, text them to 33222. We're going to go ahead and get started um, on this. I'm going to ask a couple of questions to get you guys time to text in, um, and then we'll jump in. So let's start off, Jacob, with you. Here's just a, a very general question um, just since we're talking about dating, what's the goal of dating? Right. <laughs> so let me get this. Let me get this fixed. So the goal of dating is in this in this series of what we're trying to do here is really, I guess, to really substitute that and to use a better word here is to substitute dating with this term evaluation, which is just simply doing this to where in the time that God has us together. I'm evaluating and I'm looking and I'm seeing, are you a person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? Do I see, do I see that God has us together in, in pursuit of Him together in the object of, of getting married? And so that's, that's what we really, through this talk and through this series, that's what we really want to do is, is to look at this term, maybe not even from the word dating, but to really replace it with the term of evaluation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, um, so Ben Stewart, he is one of the um, Passion City pastors up in D.C., uh, wrote a book called Single Dating Engaged Married. Um, several people on this panel have read that book and recommend We'll recommend it because of how amazing it is. But I love what what Ben Stewart says that just piggybacks off what Jacob said. He says, what is dating? I'll submit to you that dating is our modern process of evaluation. What are you evaluating? Another person. And what are you looking to discern? Whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life with this person. So that's really a great way to look at dating is you're evaluating whether or not you want to spend the rest of your life with this person. And so that's kind of really the thread that we'll be talking about throughout the night is evaluating and seeing dating from that perspective. All right, it's awesome. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, So, okay, so let's ask our um, engaged couple over here um, in the corner. Um, how did, and you guys can each take your turn on this one, because this is the question that is so common. I get it asked a lot. How did you, did you know, Ivy, that Jared was the guy you wanted to marry? And then Jared, how did you know that Ivy was the girl that you wanted to marry? I guess I'll go first since I have the mic. <laughs> so so I was, I'm actually one of the guys who, have, I've read Ben Stewart's book that Jesse was talking about. It's a great book and shameless, hashtag not a shameless plug, whatever, if you haven't read it, go get it. It's awesome. It's so awesome. But in, in his book, he does talk about this evaluation process. And I got this book, um, I think a little, while, a little ways before I actually met and started uh, to get to know Ivy. And I, so I was reading it and it starts talking about this evaluation process. And it really changed my mind on how I viewed dating and being in a relationship. And, and it talked about a lot of awesome things. And two things that Ivy and I talked about a lot was 
it talks about character and chemistry with somebody. Yeah, character and chemistry. And of course, character, you know, somebody that has a really godly character who strives to be more like Jesus, who is super strong in their faith. And, and that's, those are things that I noticed, uh, noticed in Ivy, like right off the bat and even beforehand, before I really knew her. And then as far as chemistry goes, you know, like, do you get along with them? Do you enjoy spending time with them? Do you like talking with them? Are your conversations good? And from the first time that we, we hung out together, well, hung out, uh, it was, it was exciting. It was fun. We rode in a car to Aniston, and we were being wild, just listening to a lot of music and just being crazy. It's funny. You just had to be there, but <laughs> you couldn't. So, um, yeah, so I, I was just reading this book, and I, I would, you know, he would say, hey, you know, uh, look for somebody with this quality or this characteristic, and I would be like, oh, I read that. And like, oh, that's Ivy. Check. Um, Oh, this is Ivy. Check. And, and, and it was that. And, and, and this process went on for a while. But I think she says that in December, I told her that like, like the December, the December before last that I kind of dropped the ball and said, I want to marry you. Like, so this was like a few months after, three months after. Yeah. But I don't remember that. So, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't remember that. Hey, when you know, you know, you're right. But no, that like, for me, that's, uh, I, I went through like this, we went through this evaluation process of saying, you know, hey, is this somebody that, you know, that, that strives to be more like Jesus, to, that strives to live out uh, what God has commanded us to do? And, and do I enjoy being around that person? And I mean, that's what I came to the conclusion of that I do and I wanted to, so. Awesome. Ivy, what about you? Yeah, so it took me a little longer than three months. <laughs> um, but that was not a bad thing. And I'm thankful that Jared was patient and didn't, like, break up with me. But um, So I guess kind of going off of what Jared said, it was really a – Ben Stewart said it right, an evaluation process. And I think that from the beginning we were both looking at character and – Jared's character was not just, um, I mean, he is crazy, but he really loves Jesus. And I saw that from the beginning. And that's why I, like, want to marry him. But also, that was huge for me. And um, Ben Stewart says this in his book, and it's so good. And I reread it today, and it says, uh, find someone whose character makes you fall on your knees and thank God. And after I finally surrendered my dreams and my plans for what God had for me, I was so thankful for Jared and his character and who he is because he really, he doesn't just lead worship, but he lives a life of worship to Christ. And I think that stood out to me over everything. And when I found that, I was like, yeah, I want to marry this guy because why would not, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I mean, one thing that you guys you kept, keep hitting on that Ben Stewart mentions that I've already said, but I'll continue to talk about, is the idea of evaluating. Because to me, what's funny is that we do that anyway. Ben Stewart just tells us what we, we're already doing. And see, now that you're in college, evaluating becomes even more important. Because you're not in a point in your life where you might have been in middle school or even high school where you're just kind of dating for fun. Now you're at the point that you can seriously marry this person, right? You can seriously get engaged. And so it's important to evaluate with the mindset, okay, is this the type of person I want to spend the rest of my life with? 
and allowed that to be a constant question that you're asking as you work through it. That's awesome. So job this year. Um, this is one of the questions that I loved, um, and you guys can answer it. So we're going to go to you. Okay, it talks about, um, so for those who don't know, uh, Jonathan and Sierra got married when they were both still in school, right? So the question was, what was some of the challenges of being married and still in college? But I'm going to ask one to kind of preface that is, what made you decide to get married in college? And then what were some of the challenges that you faced as a result? So I'll go in order. Hey, microphones. Um, <laughs> but I'll go in order. I'll talk like why we decided to, and then some of the struggles that uh, were. Some probably some of the ones that we expected, some that we didn't, and those kinds of things. And then I'll let Sierra answer. Um, so we decided to um, because like the way that we were looking at it is, and we'd had a lot of these conversations. So to give you a little bit of background on us, we dated uh, since she was in tenth grade. Yeah, she was just a sophomore in high school, and I was a junior. So we were like high school sweethearts, um, whom I made fun of for years, because I was like, really, you think the person who went to your high school is the best person on the planet for you? And then here we are, like, living irony. Um, so, um, so anyway, um, so yeah, it was just kind of like God's funny plan. But, um, so there are a lot of things that have to line up for you to make the decision to get married for both of you to agree on that. So we'd had a lot of these conversations about like, okay, we obviously want like financially to be able to support ourselves. So that needs to line up. Um, obviously I needed to have conversations with her parents and they had to say yes. So that needed to line up as well. Um, we needed to be at a place in our relationship where both of us felt comfortable taking that step, which is like the largest step in any relationship. So all those things kind of have to line up for you to make that decision. And for us, that happened in college um, because of my job and uh, her job and the way we, we kind of found some things. My uncle um, had a house he was willing to sell us for a really good price and like just a lot of things that God just kind of worked out for us. Um, so it worked out to happen while we were in college. Um, but I think the biggest thing as far as like relationship goes, why we decided to go ahead and get married in college as opposed to waiting until later was like in a relationship, there's a certain progression of things that happens. For some people, I know people who literally dated for like two weeks and then like he proposed and they got married like two weeks later. And I'm like, Wow. And they're like still married and like love each other and it's awesome. It's just that took us like four and a half years to get to that point. Um, so it happens at different rates for different people. Um, but for us, <clears throat> it got to the point where we, since we'd been dating for so long, started off with like every now and then, like every other week we'd have a date and then it became every week. And then it was not just us going out to dinner. It was like we'd stay over and like hang out after and like watch a movie or and then like hanging out more often, do things like through the week, like go to Starbucks or whatever. So it started becoming like we'd see each other more and more often. And then, so it got to the point where it was like, there's no, there are no more steps to take other than like getting engaged and then starting to get married and stuff. So it just kind of like felt like the relationship was like going, it was just going up and then it kind of hits a ceiling where it's like, you really can't go. The next step is marriage. And so, you know, you, you want that to happen. And we felt like we were both emotionally at the place where we, and this is what I think is like the important thing. So we both felt like we unconditionally loved each other. And that, and scripture talks a lot about unconditional love. And so I think once like financial and all those things work out, as far as relationship is concerned, you have to wait until the point where you can think about the other person and you can't think of one thing that they would do that would make you give up on them. Like not one thing, like not, you try and make a list and can't come up with anything. And you also have to think, and they have to say that they are comfortable in the same way with you. So like no matter what you did, they would show you grace and they would love you and you would work through it together. And until you're ready, because once you get married, you can't just break up. <laughs> so like you, so you, once you get both get to that point, 
that's when you get to make that decision. That's when you get to start kind of making those steps and obviously talking to God along the way through all of that. Um, but so that, that was, those were kind of the things running through my head. So I'll let Sierra talk now. Yeah, so it was really cool um, for us. We kind of got to grow up together. You know, the level of your relationship in high school is not the same as in college. In college, you have to adult adulting. Um, and so when we went from being in high school and being together and then going to college and being together, um, our much, we, we grew um, a lot. We matured a lot, but we did it together, and we grew together, and we learned together, which I think really strengthened our relationship. And so um, just learning, like, okay, how are we going to make these finances work? Because we've been together forever, um, and we just wanted to be together forever for, for the rest of our life. We, we were just so ready to be married, and so that was just so cool that we had the opportunity to grow up together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And... and <laughs> And, um, no, I, I like that a lot. Thank you guys uh, for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> did you talk about some of the challenges you faced? Did you mention that? No, I did not, okay. actually. Yeah, real quick. Um, so, challenges, that. money. <laughs> there it yeah, is. That's it. No, no, yeah, that's a profound answer. No, um, it was one of those things, like, we knew when we decided to get married, like, I'm working part-time here at the church, obviously, and she's working part-time here in town. So, like, it was not like, oh, cool, we're going to get married and we're going to be able to buy a three-story house and just, like, live on the beach. Like, like we knew it was going to be, like, kind of living on ramen noodles and love for a while. Um, so, <laughs> so, so we were totally cool with that. Um, so, yeah. But, um, so we were totally cool with that. It's just, it gets to a point where it's like... You just have to decide, for every relationship, it's probably different. Like, when, it, when does it become worth it? Like, if certain things are really important to you, if it's really important to you that you have, like, a nice place to stay and, like, all of those things, then, like, there's nothing wrong with waiting until after you're, after you're yeah. out of college. It's just different for every relationship. And we were just ready to, we were to the point where we valued being together more than we did, like, having nicer things, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, oh, no, that's awesome. I appreciate you guys sharing with that. All right, Jacob, you're next, man. All right, here I got a question. This is a really good question that somebody asked. How can I wait for the one and be okay with waiting? And we've talked a lot about conversations like that. So um, how can somebody be content being single? Yeah. Well, I think like, when, we, when we look at a relationship and what a relationship is, whether you're moving through dating or you're in the pursuit of marriage, it's just that it's a pursuit, right? That the human heart is pursuing after something. And a lot of times we think that we only wait until the relationship starts to start pursuing something. But actually, and if you want to write this down, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, in which Paul really sets this up that the human heart does not start pursuing a relationship when it finds a, a, a girl or a guy. That the human heart is supposed to pursue a relationship from the moment it was born. Mm-hmm. And that what he, what he says through this is, is right, uh, Matthew 6, is seek you first the kingdom of God and all your heart's desires will be given to you. We're, nowhere in that context does that mean, you know, while you're dating. No, but rather while you're single, there's a constant pursuit that can be, can be had. And while, and while you're pursuing, maybe you don't have, you know, kind of like this idea of love around us but you're pursuing love above us. And so what we're, what we're seeing here is that, the, that God is calling us to pursue after Him, right? And, and in this pursuit, it's kind of a beautiful picture in which God really paints it that as we pursue after Him and, and He crafts in us the character that we need to actually sustain and have this relationship is that we find that while we seek after Him. Yeah. So it's like... While we seek after God, 
he takes care of, while we seek after God's heart, he takes care of our heart and prepares us and crafts us into the person that we need to be to have this, you know, amazing relationship, whether it be dating and then in the pursuit of marriage. So I think one thing is being content in waiting is really not even waiting, but is pursuing, is that you're not, my pursuit of love does not begin when she shows up or when he shows up. My pursuit has been going on now for years, you know, and I think really coming around that and God will craft that inside of you and he'll be enough. He says all the heart's desires, he'll fulfill them. So, so every loneliness, every, every longing which you will experience, he'll take care of that. You know, the one who made the human heart can probably take care of the human heart the best. So yeah. um, it's just that. It's, it's, uh, singleness should be marked by a constant pursuit yeah. and pursuit after God. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really good. Um, Jared and Ivy, I got one for you that every single dating relationship struggles with, all right? And the question is, how do you stay pure in a dating relationship? Who wants to tackle that one first? <laughs> they both said, not me. <laughs> and we, many, 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 on that one. Yeah, so somebody go. <laughs> yeah, so it is hard. And being honest, like, it is something that I think every human sinner is going to struggle with. Um, but I think you have to be open to conversation. Like, you and your significant other have to talk about it. And I think when you keep maybe like it inside and you're like oh like what how far can we go like how much boundaries we can or what boundaries can we push then you're probably just going to keep pushing them and pushing them and pushing them but when you're talking about it and really like even praying for strength like seeking the lord to give you strength to fight those temptations um and being honest with each other and saying like hey we have to set these boundaries or we won't remain pure until marriage and I think that was something that me and Jared we I mean we've had conversations with about it with each other and it really has like changed everything for us I think and prayer and just seeking the Lord and for strength and because he ultimately fights the temptation off and we can't do it on our own strength so yeah I mean if you want to add anything to that yeah, I can add. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We want to make sure you guys are awake. Yes, for sure. So kind of hitting uh, off conversations, something that I think that we learned is, yes, being willing to talk about it, like that's, that's huge. But I think also just in your, in your daily conversations, like when you're by yourself or whatever, I think something that we found is it's not just to just talk, but like be intentional about asking you, like, hey, how are you doing like spiritually and, and take the focus off of like what and take the focus off of ourselves and like, hey, let's let's talk about, you know, how, how are we becoming more like Jesus? How can we how can we take this conversation and not make it about us, but making it about him? And, and it's just like, it, it may sound like simple, but really like when you're sitting there with your significant other or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, and you decide to talk about, you know, hey, what'd you read? Uh, what'd you study this week in your quiet time? You know, what's been going on in your, in your life? What's the Lord been doing? Like, it's just amazing the, just how much better, yeah, how, how much, how much better the night can be, how much I like, change, like it, it can just deepen your relationship with them. And, 
and the thought of, you know, ha- walking away saying, man, that, that conversation, like, that was so awesome tonight. And then we grew so much tonight versus the thought of, or the night of, oh man, you know, we probably messed up, probably went a little too far. Like the thought of having those conversations and knowing that you grew together in Christ, like in your conversations that night is so much better than, you know, the thought of, you know, what you could have done or what you, what you did. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. One thing that I'll just add to that is when it comes to a relationship, set boundaries early, very, very early. I think we often make the mistake of assuming because the other person is a Christian or because they have the same morals that I do, that there's just kind of this unwritten rule that we're not gonna do stuff, right? And so, in, or we, we both know we're not gonna go all the way, but we don't really talk about anything else besides that. And so what happens is, you know, we have these convictions, but then we start dating somebody, we have desires. And when there's no boundaries and there's no conversation about boundaries, desires often overcome convictions, especially in the heat of the moment, right? Sin does that all the time in our lives. And so, and even if it's something that, you know, it's just not even simple, that still is what happens is desire often overcomes conviction. And so in our dating relationships, if we're not careful, that's what can happen. And so I would say set boundaries early. Even if it's awkward, have that on one of the first conversations that you have when you're thinking about dating this person is, hey, this is where I wanna set this boundary. And one of the questions that was similar to the one that you guys answered was, how do I keep those boundaries? And this is what I would say with that. I would say when you're in a relationship with somebody, the natural tendency is to take that relationship and throw it as far as it can go. And what I mean by that is you see yourself marrying this person, right? We've all done that. We've all been in relationships with people who we thought we were going to marry, or we at least even just had these ideas of marrying, and we end up not. And so what you need to think about is when you're in this relationship is if this is not the person that I'm marrying, right? Would I want my future spouse to be doing this with somebody else, right? And and, and start treating that person the way that you'd want your future spouse to be treated if they were dating somebody else. And allow that to be kind of a check and balance in your relationship. To say, hey, even if I don't marry this person, even if it doesn't work out, Right? Would I want my future spouse who is in this relationship to be doing the same thing that I'm doing? And if you say no to that, then don't do it, right? Back it up and allow that to help you set your boundaries. So that would just be kind of two things that I would, I would add to that. But that was a great question. Picture you guys answering. Do you want to? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to add just one quick thing to that. Also, like, since that is just a component of a relationship that is hopefully going to end in marriage, <clears throat> it is just that. It's just one component of it. So don't limit a relationship to being just that. Like, there are other things in your relationship that you find joy in. So find those things and focus on those things in your time of temptation. Like, not, I'm not saying just in the moment, but like if you know, like, hey, we're going to be hanging out somewhere where that's a potential, like we could be tempted in that way. <clears throat> One, don't try and put yourself in those situations. But two, like go into it knowing, like, I really enjoy these deep conversations that I get to, for instance, like we would just talk, I have just deep conversations just about life in general and like we just connected in that way. So it's something that we really enjoyed doing. So like do something that other than stuff to, that you know you enjoy together. Like have those conversations. I, we know what stuff means. We're adults. I just woke up the eighth graders in the room. Sorry. So... 
but no, just like find find those parts parts of each other, like the conversations you get to have, or like play games. Like we would we like to play games, or we did at least we were dating. Now we know all the answers to them. Where it's like, oh well, what's your favorite this? And we would try and guess what the other ones is, and try and figure out the other person. Like stuff like that. It's just it was fun for us. So we would kind of focus more on the other parts of a relationship that bring us joy, because you don't have to focus on just that. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think one thing that really helps is also very practically is just having systems of accountability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is knowing, like, the author of the book, Ben Stewart, and by the book, if you haven't got that <laughs> yet, is, um, is he set up, like, you know, he saw the, the relationship in which his wife and having those, those desires and started to compromise a little bit. And so he set up, you know, like a system to where, hey, he knew, like, um, if he's dropping her off at 1130, you know, that his friend would call him at 11.35 because not to, you know, be, be in the car together for too long or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And, if that, and if that sounds funny, until you really deal with the guilt and shame and condemnation that comes with that, with, with too much compromise, then for anybody that's maybe dealt with that, you know the, hey, that may sound silly right then, but I'd go back and, and do anything I could to stop that. So, so from stopping that, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, a cord of many strands is not easily broken. Mm-hmm. So it's to set up kind of a system of accountability very practically to use the godly friends God's got in your life to, to text you, to call you, however that may be, uh, to stop you from doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. Thank you guys for that. So here's a good one, a really, really good one. I want to um, pass it over to Jonathan Sierra. Um, it says, me and my significant other are both Christians, but we got lost somewhere along the way and began having a sexual relationship. Can our relationship be salvaged? Um, yeah, I'll take this one first and then hand it over to Sierra. Um, yes, for sure, um, because that's one, it points us to the gospel. There's nothing that you can do that ruins you. Um, and that, the same thing can be said for a relationship. There's nothing that you can do in a relationship that God can't redeem. Um, so and Matt Chandler talks about something um, in just a, a really cool passage I just want to reference real quick. He, he says that he went to a church. He had been talking to one of his friends who was actually like um, just, I, I forget if she was either like a sex worker or if she had just been in a lot of relationships in the past um, and been very sexually active. Um, but he finally talked her into coming to church because she was very resistant for obvious reasons um, because she didn't want to be judged and all of that and shows up and she, he finally talks her into it. They show up and the pastor is talking about sexual impurity that, that morning. So he's like, of course, this is going to be the, the day that she comes. So they sit through the message um, and he starts saying that he's getting really upset at the pastor because the pastor is... He has a rose that's just like a flawless rose that he says, like, this is, this is someone who's pure. This is like a, a pure woman or a pure man. And then he passes that around. He's like, y'all take, everybody pass this around. Take a look at this rose. Um, and at the end of his sermon, he makes his whole point um, that we should be pure. And he has them pass the rose back up. And he said, it's been mangled because it's been passed around hundreds of people. Um, and it's like the petals are falling off. It's broken in half. And he says, now this is the rose that has been passed from person to person. Who wants this rose? And Matt Chandler says that at that point he stood up and he left because the whole point of the gospel is that Jesus wants the rose. Yeah. Is that that's the rose that Jesus wants. He doesn't want the perfect rose because Jesus even says himself that he didn't come to heal the well. <laughs> he came to heal the sick. So if you're in a relationship that has experienced sickness, well, you know someone who the whole point of the gospel is that he can repair and he can fix that. So yes, definitely that can be fixed. Yeah. 
For sure. I think um, also in, in that situation and in many situations, communication is key yeah. in all relationships. Um, and, and God even demonstrates this. He tells us that he wants us to be honest with him. A lot of times we think we should hide our emotions from God, but like we shouldn't, and we shouldn't do that with our significant others either. We should openly communicate. And that doesn't mean yelling. It doesn't mean um, being verbally abusive or anything like that. It just means being honest and openly communicating. And so many times that's helped us, helped us two people who think very differently sometimes, to be on the same page when otherwise we wouldn't have and yelling wouldn't have gotten the point across. And so I think in many situations, communication is just the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. And even just to continue to add what they've said, you know, as we talked about before, having accountability, um, setting boundaries, you know, begin to make some intentional steps to walk yourself back and say, okay, so, so if this was what was causing us to fall into this, then how can we keep that from happening? And, and, and again, being open with each other and bringing, being open about other people in your life who love God and who want to pursue Jesus and want you to pursue Jesus and allow them to speak truth into your life and allow them to be able to help hold you accountable for that. Yeah. Big, yeah. Let me add this thing too. So like, in order for a mistake like that to be made, several things have to line up. And kind of the same way I was talking about getting married, several things have to line up. You have to, one, one the first person, so say the guy, has to be willing to take that step. Then also the girl has to be willing to take that step. And third, you have to be in a situation where you both can make that decision. So in order for all three of those things to line up, there are several things that have to take place. So just make, your, make sure like as part of your process of trying to like redeem your relationship and get back to a healthy place, like take steps to make sure those all, all three don't line up. Make sure that if you're both feel in a series, like a season like temptation where you're not really feeling super close to God and you're afraid that you'd make a mistake, like, just hang out in public. Hang out downstairs in the living room at your house as opposed to, like, back in the bedroom. Or if you're, like, if one person's feeling like they're reading their devos every day and they're super Jesus or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody's feeling really close to God, they're doing, they're just feeling really good, then maybe take, take those steps and you can be comfortable with that because somebody can just be like, no, like, I don't want to do that. So just make sure that, like, not all three of those things are lining up at the same time. So it's just kind of a, an easy way to think about it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. No, I appreciate that. All right, Jacob, this one's for you. Um, so this will be the last question. Um, and then if you guys have any final things you want to say. And then there's some questions on here that are really, really good. Um, but I have a challenge for all of us in the room after this that I think will answer a lot of those questions for you. Um, but the question for you and anybody else can chime in is, is I had a relationship for a few years and out of the blue, the person dumped me. And I'm having trouble moving on. I feel angry and upset that God would take this person out of my life. But I know there is a reason. How can I move on? Um, that's a really good question because I've been there. Um, and, it, and it's been that, uh, I believe it was, uh, Sierra, I believe that you mentioned this and it, and it makes for a cliche statement, but a very powerful thing is, um, is that the presence of God, somebody told me this, that the presence of God is not a place to bypass emotions. It's a place to process them. And so to have that desire and to have that truthful thing of, of being at the place where God, what the crap? Yeah. I, thought, I thought that this was going to work out like my problem is with you. And to be able to handle that is that one have to realize that, that God already understands your heart. He already knows it. So it's not like it baffles him, right? And, and is to approach him being truthful and honest, right? And as I said before, you know, 
the one who made the human heart can heal the human heart. So, so to say that is to, is to really approach and to say this like, God, I don't know what's going on, right? Maybe in anger or maybe, you know, in time, then maybe the anger leaves, but you've still got this doubt of God, will I ever be able to find that again? Will I ever be able to have that again? You know, these, these real questions. Is Philippians 4, 6 through 8 mm-hmm. says, and I might butcher this, but it says, you know, present your request to God through prayer and supplication, right? Mm-hmm. And the peace of God will guard your heart and your soul in Christ Jesus. And so through prayer, meaning being honest, right? I know it's like a churchy word, but just being honest of God, I, I, don't, I don't know why this happened. I didn't want this to happen. I'm heartbroken. I'm crying. God, I need you now. But one thing is through supplication, and, and that word simply means is acknowledging someone above you, is acknowledging a higher power, and to really say that, you know, in this moment, God, but I'm going to acknowledge this. And, and to be able to doubt and maybe even be fearful and not want what God has, right? I think we even see that in, in an area in the garden with mm-hmm. Jesus to where even Jesus says, God, if, if there's any other cup, if there's any other way, I don't want to be here, but I'll keep pressing on. And so, and in time, and, and what, you know, Jesus found himself in, of course, the middle of purpose, even though, and I, I think in ourselves, there's so many times to where, is to just trust that you're not going to be able to understand the will of God, that he doesn't call you to understand that. That's too much weight. You're not going to be able to do it. He simply calls you to trust the will of God. So, so how do I see his sovereignty and his control working for me is that when you see that sovereignty is controlled by love yeah. and that his power and his, his authority to say, no, that's not what I have for you. But how, when that doesn't line up with my desires, how do I handle that well is to see that it's a father who wants best for his child even when his child doesn't realize it. Yeah. And I think we can trust that not in understanding, that's something you may not ever understand, but in trusting that, God, I, I don't know why this happened. I am upset. I am mad. Not hiding that, not, you know, putting on a different face. But, God, I trust you. And, and as you said before, the very message of the gospel is redemption. Yeah. And so God can, can take even a season or a moment there in which we don't want to be. God, I had so much better plans than you, I swear. But in time, what we see is, is that just from a person who's been there, is that I see I wouldn't trade anything. Yeah. And I wouldn't change anything. And for anybody in here, maybe that's still in with that, is I want to just challenge you that it's trust. Yeah. And to just trust that three months, six months, nine months, a year down the road, is to see his goodness in that he's a father working all things for your good because yeah. he loves you. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate that, Jacob. Uh, so any, any closing thoughts that you guys have that you just want to share um, based upon what we've talked about? Maybe a question that wasn't, well, maybe it was answered or asked, but I just didn't tell you. <laughs> Anything you want to say? Go ahead. Um, just two seconds. I would just say to echo what Sierra said, just communicate. Yeah. That's just extremely practical. There is like, 
I, I promise you, 99% of the, like all the problems, if you were to make a list of all the problems in your relationship, are communication problems. Yeah. And they may not look like that on the surface, but maybe the reason that so-and-so, like your boyfriend, didn't show up, he just stood you up for that date, or maybe the reason that your girlfriend said that in a really rude way that hurt you is probably because they've been harboring some feelings that they didn't tell you about because they, were, they didn't want to have the conversation right then because it'd be inconvenient or, oh, things have been going so well, the time that we're together, I don't want to have to talk about these like, heavy issues. Have those conversations. It, it seems inconvenient at the time to like, have a heavy conversation if you just want to like, you know, go watch a movie or whatever. But go ahead and have those conversations. It will save you so much trouble in the long run. Yeah. So that would just be my yeah, two yeah. cents. Jacob, anything yeah. you got? Um, Kind of out of left field, but something that um, I guess kind of ties in is that, you know, the, the first relationship that we see, the one word God describes it as is a helpmate, right? The one description that God gives and, and kind of, because I, I didn't grow up in church. And so when I became saved um, at the age of 16, I didn't realize that there was kind of a godly relationship, you know, that the reason why two people come together. I just thought it was, hey, you're cute, and I hope you think I'm cute, and, you know, are you busy it's Saturday? You know, is oh, my phone fell. But <laughs> so much of my plans in life right there. No. But is, is, this, is this thing that, right, I, di- I didn't realize this happened. And so just being sharing a story is that I was sitting in a, in a, what would the world would say a great relationship. Been dating for uh, a year at this point, and, and we were not, you know, we were not having sex, we were not living in sin or anything, so I mean, it, it wasn't anything like that. And I heard somebody preach on, um, who's now my associate pastor, but I heard somebody preach on this very thing, and I didn't know it existed. I didn't know that there was a, you know, a calling that God wants two people together to you know, pursue after him. And I remember how much it baffled me. And it baffled her because I broke up with her right after that because <laughs> I knew, and, and it's that this, yeah, she found out the hard way, but let me give you a word of advice. <laughs> Is that in, um, that was an awkward prayer time. But in, 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 in Genesis chapter two, right, it says helpmate. And where am I going with this? Is that a relationship that God has for you does two things, right? It furthers your personal relationship with God as you're both running and chasing after Jesus. It furthers your personal relationship with God. It draws you closer to Him, not pulls you away. Is that it has good fruit in in pulling you closer to Him. But the second thing is that for a personal relationship, and it has purpose. To where a relationship that God has made did not create you just to hang out and just to, you know, I think you're cute, you know, whatever. Is that there's a purpose behind it. Is that when you see that God puts people together, why? Because yes, to, to love one another and, and God loves that, but it's also to bring Him glory. Yeah. And so what that looks like is to be able to see like, Hey, I'm not just attracted to your looks, and that is part of the that is part of the process. You don't need to be repulsed, but <laughs> but it's to say, hey, I, it's it's not just that. It's the way I see you love on people. It's the way I see your welcoming heart. Is I I see Jesus in you, and who 
And so what you really do is you fall even more in love with Jesus while you fall in love with them. And, and I think that's just two things that I've kind of had to learn the hard way. Yeah. And so did another girl. But <laughs> is that, that's something that I just want to um, encourage you is personal relationship and purpose are the two things that a relationship should be pushing forward in your own life. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and to quickly add to that, some of the best relationship advice I've ever heard is your relationship is a race to the back of the line. And, and in that, basically, you owe everything to the other person, but they owe you nothing in return. And I think that is just an amazing way to look at your relationship. Yeah, that's awesome. Ivy, do you want to add something? Yeah. Um, to kind of go off what Jacob was saying, one of my very favorite stories in the Bible is about I might get these names wrong, but Priscilla and Aquila. Yeah, you got it. Spot on. Um, They're like my favorite people because, and I wish I could have dinner with them, but (laughs) they welcomed Paul into their home, and they were tent makers by trade. And I I could be wrong, but they were married. I mean, I know they were married, but they worked beside Paul and made tents with him, and they did it together, not alone. And I think this is a beautiful example of a marriage striving to be the hands and feet of Christ. And you need to read about them because they're awesome. But Ben Stewart said, you want a relationship that inspires worship. And that could, I mean, that's awesome. Like you want to be with somebody, like Jacob said, that is pushing you towards Christ and that you're doing it together. You're not in front of them or behind them, but you're beside them. And I think that was something that was different about Jared. And I, when I met him, I thought of Priscilla and Aquila because I was like, I want to be like them. And it's just an incredible story and incredible example. So Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, let's give it up for our panel. So real quick, real quick, before we spend some time uh, worshiping an awesome God, I just want to just challenge everybody in the room with a few things. So if you have your Bibles with you, open them up to Song of Solomon chapter 8. So if you have uh, a Bible with you, hard cover, or if you even have it on your phone, if you don't have your Bible with you, just get really close, awkwardly next to somebody, and you can look onto theirs. Um, but turn to Song of Solomon chapter, se- chapter 8, rather, um, and I'm just going to read one verse that I wish... I wish I would have known when I was sitting where you are and I was in college. So it's a Song of Solomon chapter eight. It's in the Old Testament. I think it's after Ecclesiastes. If I'm right, if I'm not, then I'm wrong. Um, So Song of Solomon chapter eight. And we're gonna just look at one verse and then I'm gonna give you guys a challenge or a couple of challenges before we spend some time worshiping God together. So this, so a little bit of a context. So this is the end of the book, and the book of, of the Song of Solomon is about a, a future bride and a future husband pursuing one another. And they're talking about how much they love one another, how much they can't wait to be married to each other. And then you get to chapter eight, and the couple finally gets married. And after waiting and after longing, after everything that had been happening for so long and out of all the exchanges, they finally get to be together. So the bride is writing from her perspective. And she's talking about what it's like to be married to him. And then she gives some advice, some amazing advice for those who aren't in her situation, but want to be. 
like many of us in this room, in Song of Solomon chapter eight, verse seven, this is what it says. This is what the bride says. She says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. And I love what she says there. And the reason I love that so much is because basically in a very poetic way, what she is saying is don't rush love. Don't try to get love when it's not ready. Don't try to force love into your relationships. Instead, let it awaken, let it get up when it desires. And it's so easy to be in the context where you are now where things are unclear and you see people here are dating, you're seeing people here are getting engaged, right? You're seeing so many things that are happening. And because of that, you can be so eager for love that you can find yourself rushing into relationships. You can find yourself getting in these positions where you're wanting to awaken love even though love isn't ready to be awakened in your life yet. And so because you wanna be in these relationships so bad, because you love the idea of being in love, it will impact how you date and who you date. And you can find yourself rushing into it. And when you do that, you can hurt yourself or you can hurt your relationships or you can even hurt your relationship and yourself. And what we see in Song of Solomon is God is saying, be patient, wait. Don't try to awaken love. Instead, wait, a love will awaken when it so desires. And God is the one that gets to awaken that love in our life. So don't fall so much in the, don't fall in love with the idea of love so much that it causes you to rush into relationships. Instead, be patient, wait for God. Wait until love is awakened in your life. And then, pursue it. And it's also easy as we talk about this context of dating to think about marriage. Because again, like people like Jonathan Sayre, you're in a context in college where people are starting to get married. And so it's easy to start thinking about that in your life, thinking about that future spouse that you're going to have. And when you're in college, it can become so easy to think that marriage is the goal of your life. Man, I would just be happy if I got married. My life would just be complete if I got married. If I finally had somebody who loved me, who pursued me, who was with me, then all these things in my life that are so complicated would finally be over and I'd finally have this sense of just completeness, of feeling complete. But what we cannot forget is that the goal of your life is not marriage. It's Jesus. And you can never forget that. Because marriage is amazing. I mean, I love my marriage. One of the best decisions that I ever made in my life was getting down on my knee in May of 2010 and asking my wife to marry me. One of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. So yes, being married is amazing. It's amazing to go home to a beautiful bride every single day. It is amazing to have a husband who makes you feel like you're the prettiest person in the world. That is amazing but that will not complete you. And you will only set your marriage up for failure if you think that it will. Because see, that's not the purpose of marriage. The purpose of marriage isn't to complete us. That's Jesus's job. And what we know is that Jesus is the ultimate lover of our soul. 
because he was willing to go on a cross so that he could purchase it with his own blood. And see, the love of Jesus in your life has already been awakened. And as Psalm 63 says, it is better than life itself. Only Jesus can give you that spiritual satisfaction. Only he can give you that completion that you long for. And so don't ever lose sight of that. Don't ever think that marriage is the end goal of your life. Always remember that Jesus is, regardless of what kind of dating relationship you're in or you're not in. And so lastly, before we sing, let me just encourage some people in the room tonight because there could be some of you that when it comes to love being awakened in your life, it never happens. And what I mean is that God might be calling you to a life of singleness. And if that's you in this room, then praise God, because that is amazing. Because our culture has this idea that it's bad. But when you look at the page of scripture, that's not what you see. In fact, in the page of scripture, what you see is that singleness is a gift, a gift that God gives to particular people for a reason. And so if you never get married, that does not mean that there's something wrong with you. Please do not believe that cultural lie that there's something wrong with you if you never get married. And if you never get married, do not think you're gonna be miserable for the rest of your life because that is a fear that is so wrong. It's a fear that thinks that marriage is the end goal of life. But as we talked about, it's not. The end goal of life is Jesus. And you can have that regardless of what kind of relationship you're in or you're not in. And so if God does call you to a life of singleness, what that means is that your life is better without a spouse than it would be with one. And as Paul says, you now have all these amazing opportunities to serve God's church that married people can't. So don't think that if God calls you to a life of singleness, that's a bad thing. It's not. And you still can experience the most amazing person and have the most amazing relationship with a God who loved you enough to die on a cross for you. And so what we have to realize is that we wanna pursue what God wants for us and we want everything else in our life to just fade away. We want everything else to get out of the picture and we wanna pursue our God and have a devotion for him, knowing what he wants, us, what he wants for us is the best life that we can have. And so we're gonna take some time to sing to this amazing God right here, right now. Let me pray for us first. Father God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you so much for the people that we have in this room who can share their stories. You can talk about the different relationships that they've been in. And God, what you have done in the midst of those relationships. Lord, I thank you for the people in this room who ask some amazing questions about relationships and what that looks like and what can take place in the middle of that and how they can best live lives that honor you regardless of what's going on in their life. So God, my prayer is that based upon what we've heard and what we've listened to, we wanna to respond to you because the constant theme that we have heard all throughout these different stories or these different questions is this idea that we have a God who loves us and pursues us and who wants to have a relationship with us and that we can't do anything to ever outrun his grace. We can't do anything to step away 
from him, if we know him and we love him, he will always love us back. And so my prayer, God, and my hope, God, is that tonight that we will sing to a God who is the ultimate lover of our soul and who demonstrated that on a cross 2,000 years ago. And that complete soul satisfaction is only found in him. And may we do that right here and right now for your glory and for your renown. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.